This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast. What's going on, everybody? MVSP back in action. Joe Nagy along with Brandon Worth. Brandon, it's a good day to be back in the studio. A little bit of a long weekend that we had. Not too much. It just felt long. Yeah. It was one of those weekends where it was like, um, well, my schedule was like knocked back in a little bit and it was really different. So every day felt like a different day. But you know what? It's all right because we're back. We're back in the midweek. We're starting the grind of this school week and we're going to get through it. But. Mm-hmm. It's good to have sports because it, really it sure is. does help with dealing with the work week. Yeah, it really does. But today on the show, we're going to talk a little bit about Ferris State basketball, uh, both men's and women's, a little bit about the hockey season, um, kind of a gleeck recap of what's been going on over the weekend, track and a field. little bit about, oh, track and field too. I forgot uh-huh. about that. My bad, Brandon. Yeah. I got to give you some love a couple times. Hurt, um, I'm just kidding. Some D1 college basketball we're going to talk about and a little bit of MLB to round out the show. But first, Brandon, we have an interview with your teammate, Ethan. So without further ado, let's swing it on over to the interview. As now, we are joined in person by one of my teammates, track and field and cross-country athlete, Ethan Hamilton, is with us. Ethan, welcome to the show. Well, thank you guys for having me on today. It's very good to have you, Ethan. Um, Just to get started with the interview, uh, my my first question that I was kind of thinking when you were coming on was, uh, especially last year with COVID kind of canceling the season and kind of disrupting practice, over the summer and even kind of last semester, what was it like really kind of getting into practice with team again, kind of having to follow COVID restrictions, having to run with masks and stuff like that? Well, starting over the summer, we had to obviously all practice by ourselves, so that that was kind of a, a challenge, if you will. And, uh, I mean, my training kind of got set back because I had COVID in July, so that set me back a few weeks. And then moving into the fall, we really had no official practice. We, we kind of just met up on our own and uh, had to do the whole mask thing. But uh, once we started practicing, we, we had to start getting tested a couple times a week to ensure we didn't have any any covid or any of that but it's just been really a strange year i would say in regards to training and stuff and last year without having cross country everybody kind of had low morale and and motivation was at a pretty all-time low but now that i think we're actually racing again and and all that stuff i feel like we're kind of getting back in the the swing of things and, and getting that motivation up yeah for sure and um People that don't know, um, me and Ethan sh- share one thing in common this this winter indoor season. We are both on the disabled list, basically. We're both not competing <laughs> in indoor yet um, due to injury and what and whatnot. But um, going through this season, Ethan, I know it's been a little bit tough on me, Morale. How have you been feeling with going through training and just wait, wait until outdoor comes around? Well, it's, it's been pretty hard kind of getting the, you know, keeping that motivation like every day it's just like oh another practice but you know what am i training for but now that there there's a guarantee of a, an outdoor season i feel like that's kind of pushing me to get in shape and and work hard for things but yeah be, before we knew there was going to be an indoor season i like over winter break i had no motivation whatsoever to <laughs> run <laughs> yeah yeah, I mean, it's tough to find kind of an end goal to really work for, especially exactly. when you don't really see a light at the end of the tunnel. But um, just being at Ferris now, as like I said, with COVID and stuff, what's kind of like the day in the life now with kind of being on an injured list, probably going through a little bit of rehab and mm-hmm. then training, also balancing school and all that? Yeah, it's definitely uh, an interesting day in the life, I would say. So usually Mondays and Wednesdays we wake up for uh, 8 a.m. weight room. So we do that. That usually lasts about 
half hour, sometimes 45 minutes, depending on uh, what Andy has for us. But um, after that, we got class and then practice for the mid-distance. I'm on the mid-distance, so I run between mm-hmm. 800, 4 by 4 uh, occasionally the mile, nothing over that. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> no, no 10Ks? No 10Ks? Oh, no, gosh, no. No, we'll save that for the upper class. Yeah, w- one time a year is okay with that for me. But, um, yeah, we have practice and then, um, you know, go back to the rock and eat for a couple hours just to <laughs> just <laughs> just re- hours. regain everything that I, I lost. But uh, And then, on well, I don't know what we're doing anymore about the COVID testing, but uh, last week it'd be Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday for COVID testing. We'd have to wake up. I think that was what nine forty-five a.m. Pretty much. There was like a so every like morning there's a window for two or three sports every like where's one shift earlier in the morning. There's another shift uh, later in the morning, and it's each sports assigned a certain testing time. But um, apparently there's rumors about there's getting a new new testing system, so that could make us only have to go one test that's directly before the meet. Instead of having to do periodical certain um, tests that only last a certain amount of days throughout the week, so That'd we're be nice. we're trying to we're we're figuring <laughs> that, that piece out. It could be starting this week. We're we're not quite sure yet, but um, coach said we're we're looking at the changes as we go. But um, anyway, uh, Ethan, you, I know uh, me and you have shared some events. We've done the mile and everything. Um, both looking for our first taste of collegiate outdoor. Oh, what yeah. are you looking forward to the most? You know, I'm I'm excited to pop out a good mile. I haven't run a good mile since I think tune up last year at Saginaw, so probably about mm-hmm. almost a year ago this week. But yeah, I'm really excited to get out. Well, it'd be the 1500, I, I should say. But yeah, I'm really excited to get out there with, especially with you and, and Dan. That'd be mm-hmm. pretty pretty fun. But. Yeah, be exciting. I mean, the 431 last year. I remember you running that, and I was just like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, Ethan's winning right now. <laughs> Ethan's yeah. winning right now. But, yeah, I'm excited just to race in general, you know, just to be out there, get on the track, and and race against some fast guys. But it'll come. Yeah, you got to kind of stay patient. I mean, it's going to be worth it, definitely. Oh, yeah. um, Can you talk a little bit about the uh, recruiting process a little bit? Because I see on your your shirt there, Powers Catholic, I think that's in Flint, right? Yes, sir. Um, I mean, that's a far ways away. That's in the (laughs) thumb, so obviously Big Rapids is a pretty, pretty lengthy drive away. How did you kind of come to be at Big Rapids? So it all kind of started off with uh, our coach, Jared. He he sent me a nice little letter, which, see, that's what I respect. I, I like how coaches take the time to, to actually send you a letter rather than an email because mm-hmm. I, I'm more apt to, to look into a school that personally sends you a letter. Mm-hmm. That personal connection. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. So I, I was looking at a few schools at the time. I was looking at uh, pretty much just all Gleag schools, Saginaw, uh, Grand Valley, <laughs> we have our feelings against Grand Valley yeah, around here. We, we understand that. We, we won't. Uh, I won't share too much about those feelings. Um, and then Ferris and a little bit of Wayne State. I really never uh, contacted their coach or anything. But um, yeah, so so Jared sent me a nice letter, and um, I kind of just followed up on that with an email saying, "Hey, I'm Ethan Hamilton. I got your letter. Uh, these are some of the times I, I've run in the past, and I'm interested in looking." at Ferris and, and what your program is like. So uh, he got back with me real quick, and I ended up going to um, one of the meets they had down in the Detroit area. So that's where I kind of got talking to, to mm-hmm. Jared. 
in the oh, first place. Oh, that would place. have been at Wayne, right? Yeah, that yeah, was at Wayne. They the... stopped at me once we came. I, I know. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> I'm happy they did because you should, have you have you seen oh, that course? I, I've heard about that course, and I'm I'm just saying I'm not that thrilled that we're you know run it we would be running it i was like no we can oh, we yeah. can skip that one i'd yeah, be fine anyway continue it's just like a giant hill and they go up it so many times it's like yeah i, mean, I miss me with that <laughs> but <laughs> anyway yeah I, I i started talking to jared and then um he's like well why don't you come over for a visit so i'm like all right i'll come i'll come for a visit and uh yeah i came for a visit and uh i really love the team like it's it's a family atmosphere they we and you know I don't know if they were trying to put on a show back then, but it's it's been the same since. You know, everybody's we're all really really close together, and just having that that bonding and that, as I said, like brotherly family like atmosphere has really made it a great time here at Ferris. Like I, I love spending every day with the team and and just running with them, and it makes practice just so much more enjoyable and and just mm-hmm. working hard together and and building each other up and encouraging them. And I, I think that's one of the the best things about running for Ferris but yeah once once I uh went on my visit um Jared and I kind of talked back and forth and uh I committed in December of that year and here I am yeah I I remember seeing you guys in the rock like almost every night till like basically till closing time when they had to kick you out those that's kind of cool to see. Yeah, I think the one thing that you can like bring having two of us here that you can say <laughs> about the cross country and track team is like when you think of a stereotypical cross country or track team, you think you probably think a little you could say weird in quotation <laughs> cool, definitely goofy, weird. but you can say one thing and that I think a lot of people don't realize this is like cross country and track brings so many people together and mm. is such a tight knit group compared to other sports. It's something like I've experienced. I've been in five different sports, been on seven eight different teams and the cross country team both in high school and in in here in college is such a tight-knit group and they, you have all these different people coming together but um ethan last question all the, right the home run the <laughs> top of the po- totem pole everybody knows this question but um to you what does it mean to be a fair state bulldog you know that's a hard question but to me i think it means waking up every day putting your game day face on and you know just going out there giving your all and, uh, you know, ending every day knowing that, you know, you did everything you could at practice and school, you know, just with your friends and stuff. And that's what I think. Just just giving it your all, putting that game day face on and, and being a dog. Being <laughs> a dog. <laughs> well, Ethan, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your story. I appreciate and sharing it. a little bit of uh, what you do every day. So thank you. Well, you guys have a good one. Yep. <laughs> Catch you later. Special thanks again to Ethan for coming on the show. If there's an athlete you want us to have on the show, let us know on our social media at the MBSP on Twitter and Instagram. And wherever you're listening to this podcast, don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button. Do it so you right can, now. You can get all of our episodes. Pause, pause the episode and do it right now. Yeah, we'll even give you two seconds. Okay, do it right now. <laughs> but nonetheless, time to get back into the show. Uh, Fair State men's basketball team, uh, we p- were supposed to play Saginaw Valley, but it got postponed probably due to COVID reasons because the women's played. Um, but nonetheless, going to have to look forward to that when it comes around to it. But tomorrow, Tuesday the 16th, we're going to be playing Lake State, our travel partner, for the second time. We beat him the first time. Brandon, what do you think is going to happen this one? Yeah, and just for clarification, the men's side was postponed. The women's side was oh, not. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that made us lead to the conclusion that it was most likely Saginaw's men's team 
that was the culprit of the COVID protocol. Whatever happened, postponement. Or whatever. Yeah, well, that's what the the main guess is. We uh, I have not heard the official word or whatever, and it sounds like it's kind of up in the air. But basically. The men's didn't play, and the women's did. But um, the men are going to play against Lake State. Um, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see because um, I believe last time when we played Lake State, um, we came out on the losing end. Um, it was an 80-69 to loss, and I remember being there for that game, and we were really just could not find any rhythm, it seemed like, in that game. We scored 69 points, which was pretty good for us, but, I mean, Defensively, we were we were a little all over the place. We got torched by a lot of guys like Malik. Or I think it was Malik Adams had 15 on us, and then Kamon Bassett. Those guys crushed us. Like they just absolutely dominated, bringing the. I mean, Bassett had 10 boards. He. I remember him being a monster. Like he was knocking all of our bigs out of the paint, getting boards. And I mean, Malik, Malik Adams is a guy that. They, that doesn't play a lot of minutes. He only played 17 minutes in that game, but he brings a spark. He's that he's that sixth man type of player that can really bring some energy and bring mm-hmm. some playmaking abilities. But it was definitely not a great game shooting wise for us. We shot three of 20 from three. Ouch! But it's yeah, still, that's not going to win you a basketball game. Dude. No, it's not going to win you a basketball game. But I mean, this is the thing. We've been able to bounce back in a lot of these games. I mean, at this point. This was this was back before we really found our stride. Like this, it seems mm-hmm. like the last couple of weeks we found our stride, and this was really actually, in my opinion, the game that kind of told like got us to turn it around a little bit. We came off of a split to Northern, and then we lost to Lake State at home, and then we went up to Holton and top Michigan Tech not once but twice who was the league who was the league leader at the time who also slipped up this weekend we'll talk about that more in a minute but I mean then we go to GV we have a great game and beat them the second game frankly just wasn't the same as the first game but yeah I mean keep the same energy too yeah I I would expect that we would have gotten at least one win against Saginaw Um, they're not as great of a team as some of the teams we've played but I mean then again like there's times where we've slipped up against the the lower teams and we've been able to beat the higher teams so really is it playing up to the competition playing down to the competition I don't know but either way that situation is something we're going to have to address before we go to the GLIAC tournament because we can't if we're going to play a team like Lake State, Saginaw Valley, if they somehow slide up into the the, the tournament, we're gonna we're not gonna be in good hands playing down to them in no. the first round of a game. We have to take care of them, and move on, because there's much much bigger, better teams we have to worry about like GV and Tech. Yeah, and I mean the good thing about us being able to play Lake State on Tuesday, and especially with the Saginaw Valley game getting postponed, is now instead of having to wait basically two weeks in between game time of from like Grand Valley to Purdue Northwest, where we'd basically just come off cold and be practicing for like however knows who whoever knows how long. Now we're gonna be able to kind of space it out with a game against Lake State, kind of get our groove back, even though we've had over a week break. Then we'll be able to come into North Purdue Northwest and then to Wayne State uh, the following week and kind of finish out strong. So very excited to see that. Um, but some GLIAC scores from around the league la- uh, yesterday, or sorry, yeah, yesterday and Saturday over the weekend. Yeah, yeah. over the weekend. My bad. No, uh, Grand Valley State beats Northern Michigan eighty-one to seventy-five. Um, Parkside tops Wayne State sixty-eight to six-four. Pretty close game there. Uh, Davenport beats Michigan Tech seventy-three to fifty-eight. Is this the fall for Michigan Tech? Who knows? Are they done? I don't know because they were kind of they've been slipping it up a lot more recently. It's it's scary and now. This isn't the best time to I be mean, slipping they were, up. They were flat. They were, I mean, when I looked at Michigan Tech going in this season as the pre-ranked number 1 in the GLIAC, 
I had question marks because when we played Tech last year, we took care of them pretty handily. Because I mean, they really had um, they really had their one star player, and outside of that was inconsistencies as far as scoring. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they're not a bad team. Does it surprise me that they're dropping a couple of these games in a row? No, it doesn't. Just because the inconsistencies kind of catch up with them. And they've been a, they're still a great team. I'm not saying when I'm saying are they done, meaning they're not going to make the tournament. Oh, no, they're going to make the tournament. They're going to be a top seed. But with the momentum right now, are they going to be playing great basketball over the next two weeks to get into March hot? That is the question. Because yeah. really, they've been so hot right now. Now they're really starting to go cold and... This is really the worst time to go cold. Yeah, I mean, on Saturday, they lost again, too, 77-70. But um, rounded out, Lake Superior State beats Northwood 8-60. to Going to have to really look out for them uh, tomorrow. Lake State's Hopefully playing we can sleeper this year. They've been playing pretty solid What's lately. What's their record now? Um, They've 11. been playing a little sleeper role. Like, they've been some of the better sure. teams. I'll have to look that up. I'll, I'll, I'll let, let you fact know. Check I'll that. let you know. But and then Ashland falls to Purdue Northwest, eighty-four to eighty. But I mean, a couple of good games coming up this week. Uh, that's going to be good to see. Grand Valley State versus Davenport. Hope maybe Davenport can keep Ooh. this hot streak. Battle of GR. Uh, that's uh, tomorrow. Some of these games, and then uh, the Miners Cup, Northern versus Michigan Tech. They're going to be playing against each other, which is going to be good to see as well. Um, but now onto the women's side. Uh, women ended up losing, or sorry, split with Saginaw Valley. Uh, won the first game 65 to 58, lost second 67 to 52. Kind of flip flopped the scores a little bit, um, but. We've been kind of seeing that uh, a couple times from the women's team. We come out hot the first game and then just can't really meet the intensity of the second game. But what were your thoughts, Brandon? Yeah, watching this game, we came out. I mean, the first game was a pretty was a pretty typical fashion. We got a little slow start. I mean, Mallory talked about that on our interview with her. If you haven't seen it, go check it out in the feed. But um, she talked a lot about that's kind of been the mo this year. Takes us a little bit to get going, but once we get going, we start getting hot, kind of a thing. Yeah, where, you can't really stop them when they get going. Yeah, the first quarter is always like takes a little bit of time. I mean, they were down twenty to twelve at the end of the first quarter against the Cardinals in the first matchup, but then they figured it out in the second, third, and fourth quarters. They really, they really played sharp basketball they didn't turn it over very much they they shot pretty well um not the greatest but i mean it was enough to get the job done and i mean really what what killed saginaw valley was turnovers they just had way too many turnovers and that's what really we were our defense was much better in the second game we were we we really did a good job uh of hedging hard hedge on ball screens being able to disrupt their pick and roll action because that was something they really tried to establish and they really couldn't get it going in the first game our defense did a good job um, mm-hmm. and our offense was able not ne- not necessarily to outplay them on offense but enough to get the job done yeah. especially with how we I mean, were well we were doing on the defensive end. almost all of our top five had double digits mm-hmm. and I mean Saginaw I think yeah was it Maddie Maloney and then uh, one of their guards I mean was the only ones with over double yeah, digits yeah uh, Kaylin Zaricki and Maddie Maloney are definitely two they're, they're two they're, they're arcade and Mallory, they're the ones mm-hmm. that are getting a lot of the offensive volume and, and trying to do stuff with it. But I mean, Caitlin's Ricky's a really good ball player. I mean, she had a double double in the first game despite the loss, but she was really like her and Matt or Maddie Maloney. Those are the two that they go for to get buckets. They have a lot of, of other great players too. Like I mean, they have like Kendall Spires, Tyler Sheed, um, more playing a, a a little bit of a different role than those two. Like they're they're kind of more of a stretch for big type of players. But they they still did a great job. Um, in the second game, really. And I think what really came about the second game, I think that's the question a lot of people are asking, is why we, what happened from game one to game two? And I'll tell you exactly what happened. 
happen. We did not come out sharp in the second game, and I know um, Coach Westendorf really talked about we really just could not see or we just they we really couldn't come out sharp and we played too sloppy and Saginaw really took care of that I mean we shot 16 percent from three not ideal Saginaw Valley shot 52 percent from three again not ideal for us but the the reality of that game was we we did we did a good job early defensively like out of the gates they were great like we were winning and it, it came to a first quarter was pretty knotted up i think it was 22 16 in favor of svsu but this, after that things just kind of went i don't want to say it was like completely off the rails but it sure wasn't pretty like we had a lot of turnovers we had with 17 turnovers in this game defensively we had some moments where we were lost we just had bad assignments they'd get a back screen off of a flex screen wide open in between the zone great pass wide mm-hmm. open layup type it was it was just so many of the plays where you're just like oh my goodness no miscommunication there's a person wide open there was too many of those my, way 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 too many of those but i mean there, there were still some positive things, like Zoe Anderson was hot from three. There was a moment where they were just giving her the rock and letting her shoot. She finished three of eight, but really down the stretch, she was really trying to pull him back in the game because she was really the only one that was hitting at that point. Um, Blanchard was six of 16. Mallory was three of 11. They combined for 19. Deshaun Day had a pretty good game. She was four of 11 at five boards, nine points. Um, she had struggles with the ball a couple times where she got dribbled into traffic, ball gets knocked loose. She had about three, it seemed like two, three of those, and that just resulted in turnovers. So she had seven total on the game. But, I mean, those things do happen. I mean, you could probably take away two two of those turnovers just because of congestion. But and it, we just weren't we weren't sharp in that second game. We weren't as sharp as we were in the first game. And that really, they just, it was really just, we didn't play sharp and we didn't score. They played, they, I mean, second didn't play that sharp, but... They sure made us pay and they hit their threes. I mean, they just could not miss. No, and I, uh, I feel like once we clean that up, kind of clean up the defensive side. I mean, we did play solid the first game. I think just taking the, uh, basically taking away the good thing that's happened there, kind of transferring the, a lot of the games upcoming, especially now since it's you know later in the season. Gleak turn is coming up. We want a good seed, being able to kind of really show that we can go far in this. Uh, that's going to be a good thing for us. But uh, some Gleak scores from around the league. Grand Valley State showing why they're one of the best teams in the league. They beat Northern 61-34. to Oh, uh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, oh, my. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, wow. <laughs> Wayne State tops Parkside in an OT thriller, 82-77. to um, Northwood tops Lake Superior State, 87-59. Uh, Michigan Tech beat Davenport, 83-61. Um, and then Purdue Northwest falls to Ashland, 73-57. Another pretty big deficit. Yeah. Right there. Prayers out to to Northern players, <laughs> certain <laughs> fans. That's rough. What, was Prayers out to <laughs> what is that, 35 points? Something. That was that must have been. You said 61-34? Yeah, that'd be 25 60, points. Yeah, 61 to 34. Even so, that's a lot. That's a uh, pretty, <laughs> fairly big deficit. But. I mean, you've, you can play basketball or watch basketball at any level. 25 points is just a, not a good night. That's, yeah, that's you, you, it's it's rare to come back from that big of a deficit. But some games tomorrow for the women's side. Northwood is going to be taking on Saginaw Valley, uh, Ashland, Wayne State. Um, basically the same as the men's, but still going to be some pretty good matchups. Michigan Tech and Northern is probably going to be... Uh, Miners Cup. Miners sure. Cup. For is sure. obviously going to be good. And then Davenport versus Grand Valley, they've been both playing pretty solid for, yeah. I mean, the, for mi- the women's the, side. The Miners Cup is like, it's one of those rivalries where it's where it's kind of like us, a, a kind of like anchor bone. Like, I think, I think Miners Cup is just... 
It's it like, gets more important to the upper peninsula, and then like sure, it's like the upper peninsula is equivalent to the anchor bone. Yeah, so yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. the anchor bone it's is like just, the most. Yeah, being it's up like in probably the, up, the biggest one in the Gliac. Yeah, the, being up in the being up in the upper peninsula, it's just so far away, and it's such yeah. a secluded place. Like being up in the upper peninsula, that that's a rivalry yeah. up there, but in the Gliac, it's definitely yeah. anchor bone. But well, I mean, it's still gonna. My the, point is, it's going to be a good game yeah. because those type of rivalry games, record goes out the window because Miners both Cup ever won Fox Sports Detroit. <laughs> No, and that's why it's not the yeah. biggest. I know, that's the, I know, that's Anchor Bone by Anchor far Bone. is the best rivalry. Yeah. I don't, not to sound not to sound like we're. Is there a, is there a name for the the Grand Rapids rivalry, Davenport or Deport and GV? I don't I don't know if there's a name for that one. Let me look it up real quick. Let me look it up. Real if quick. there isn't, they should make one. But um, while you're looking that up, uh, track and field, we had Ethan on the show. Um, some of the other Bulldogs were in action this weekend at Big Meat. Yes, it is Big Meat because. Lots of people there. Lots and lots of people there. It's a two-day meet. Um, lots of great results. Um, Claudia Wilkinson um, keeping up her stride, doing really well. Seventh place in the 60. Um, broke 10 seconds. Also pretty pretty impressive performance. Um, Allison Faulkner, 10th in the 400. Uh, Hannah Lauks in the 3K. She got a 10.40, long, and she placed fourth. Um, Kate Hutchinson and Callie Delaney uh, finishing seventh and eighth, respectively. Um, Donis Harris, 7th in the 3,000 meters, 8.32. Uh, rumor, he's approaching one of the top five school record marks, so be on the lookout for Ew. that. Um, Brett Robertson, 5th in the 60, once again, 10th uh, fastest time with two, in the 200 meters at 22.9. Uh, ben Manapace, ninth in the 400 uh, with a 51.8. I know he wasn't exactly happy about that time, but still a good time nonetheless. And the 4x4 squad, um, Brett Robertson, Logan Ryman, Brendan Deneen, and Ben Manapace finished 5th in the event with a 332 so great job for our bulldogs at gv big meet um next week be in action at the grand valley tune-up not the saginaw valley tune-up actually made official this morning that we are now traveling to allendale rather than saginaw why is up in the air but i'm sure <laughs> we'll find the explanation the soon maybe it's probably because i mean it's Maybe it's a COVID thing because I mean men's didn't uh, play. I, I don't know. Men's play. We're going to play at Saginaw, right? Yeah. I also heard that there could be some time issues. Must be. So I I don't know. It's it, it's weird. But anyway, I mean it's a tune up regardless. So small meet tune up just like it sounds. Get or really just being able to go out, mm-hmm. fix the kinks, really get a solid solid race and be comfor- comfortable going into Gliac Championships, which will be at Saginaw as of now on Saturday and Sunday, the 27th and 20th, to finish out the month of February. We're hey almost yo. done with February already. Such a That's fast month. That's crazy. But, um, it seemed like I just turned 2021 like yesterday. Yeah. Did you but find Did you find the rivalry I, there I can't find it, but I'm pretty sure it's probably just called like Grand Rapids Rivalry there, or there something. There needs to be a rivalry but, name for that. I mean... Hot take. There needs to be a rivalry for the Grand Rapids Gliac what, Battle. What are the other names for the rivalries around the Gliac? Because there's Battle of the Valleys, Saginaw Battle of the Valley, Valleys, and yep. Grand Valley. You got Anchor, Anchor Bone, Bone Miners, Cup. Miners Cup. And then there's one, I think Lake State has like other names for like their... Does I think well if there's a if there's a UP rivalry with Lake State it has to be Northern because Tech yeah. and Lake State don't have that much Tech like super far away yeah Tech's up in the if, the the top thumb yeah the, the top the thumb. second thumb yeah they, they yeah they're like all the way like at like the point of that peninsula that, yeah like, it's all, yeah yeah they're all the way up Holton Iron Mountain area like they're way up there that's so that's so far away I know compared to I didn't, compared to Marquette side, little side story little side Saint story Marie. when I was little we went like on a like a road trip up to like the UP I didn't realize how far that was until we were like how long is it going to be till we get there it's and a my long dad was like ways. 10 hours yeah I was like my word 
Yeah, that's a long. That's a long drive. It really that is. That would that would suck. Yeah, to one take, of my take a um, charter bus that long. Yeah, being a bus for a, ten hours. I can't even imagine that. Like I I know um, Mount Bohemia, which is a, a pretty legendary snowboarding destination in the UP. He's always been on my bucket list, but I know it's. It's like a six-hour, seven-hour drive up there, which is just like... You have to make it like a weekend. Thing. Yeah, if he did that, you'd have to go to like a couple. Make it, it like a like a road trip type thing. Yeah, it would it, it would have to be. I mean, it's just so far. It's just so far away. But I mean, it's still it's still good that we have teams in the UP too because I think yeah, kind of spread. It makes it I fun. feel like that makes it a little bit better too because I mean, Michigan. I mean, I mean, because what Wisconsin part obviously Wisconsin, but then um, Purdue Northwest is in. Is that in Indiana or Illinois? Uh, it's just barely in Indiana. Either way, everybody's kind of in the same spot. And to have some um, I mean it, it it with the whole the whole mapping of the GLIAC conference, you have it pretty spread out across the board with the additions of the yeah. the UP teams. Because if it was just Parkside in, if it was just in Michigan, then you I mean you still call it the GLIAC, but it would kinda have to be more like a Michigan type thing. Yeah. That, then you wouldn't really be able to call it the Great Lakes because you don't really have everybody that's around the Great Lakes. But now we do because of Wisconsin Parkside and exactly yeah. it all makes sense. I mean, we we lost some teams that were on the other side by the other Great Lakes, but I mean, frankly, like some of those teams just wait. Which teams are those? Finley and Tiffin and those oh yeah, and Ash, soon Tiff- to be Ashland. Ashland isn't. Oh, Ashland's, Ashland's in Ohio, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yep, they're going to probably join the the Ohio Valley Conference with Tiffin and Finley. Don't. Next year, then I think they said that they're not continuing their GLIAC contract because I think it comes. I think this might be their last year in the GLIAC. But it's like you a money, know. is you it a know. money issue, or they just don't want to? I don't know. Or it, it, I don't honest, know why they would because, like, honestly, it might be a travel issue because I mean, it, for it them, it's probably the be. farthest. I mean, can you well, imagine? Because yeah, they all, you'd have to go all the way up to North. Like, exactly. When you have to play, oh. can you imagine having to do that? That's, That's like another an three extra. hours on what we're doing. That's like a twelve Ugh. hour. That you have to leave it two days early for the game. You have yeah. to leave two days early. I can understand that, but also dumb. Rather than go p- drive twenty minutes or forty minutes to play Tiffin and Finley and the other Ohio teams. Yeah, but anyway, makes sense. Yeah, regardless, kind of get a little bit off track. Yeah. But. Anyway, speaking of conferences, WCHA hockey in action. Uh, our Bulldogs went uh, up to Tech to play against Michigan Tech. Didn't get the outcomes three, we wanted. Three games that we had to play or something? Yep. We played at home on Tuesday, and then we went up there to play them Friday, Saturday. Didn't pick up a win in any of those games. Struggle. I it's, it's hate to see it. We we love our we love our hockey here in Big Rapids, and it's just a struggle watching this team go through what they're going through right now. They just can't seem to get... Just, they can't it feels like game. nothing's working right now, yeah, to be I mean, honest. Because there's times where... There's times where we play well. Like Michigan Tech, we could have won on two, Tuesday, last we Tuesday. We could have won. Yeah, and then the other two games were just... And then we could have beat them like the previous time we played them, like a week, like two weeks ago when we lost 6-4. Because I think one of those was because of an empty net. So like we've been playing solid, and we're pretty close to winning a couple games. It's just we can't finish a game. Yeah. And I think and that's just been the story the whole year. Yeah, it's just been a struggle. But um, Roney actually had a really good, I think it was a pretty good game in net. The second game, I mean, he allowed three goals, but Tech had 40 shots. 40. So 37 out of 40. That's so I'm, many shots. I can't, I can't think of the math percentage off the top of my head, but that's a pretty darn good save percentage. Uh, but, I mean, it's just, it's rough. And here's the thing that really cost us the second game. We could not initiate any offense. Like, we could not. It was just 
awful. Like I, I, I want to say, you know, I'm a positive guy, Joe. I, you, I, I like know to, you're a positive guy. I I'm like a positive to, guy too. I like bit. to find some positives out of even though this hockey season has been historically pretty poor. Like there's still some good things coming out of it. Saturday was just. Nah, I mean the one the positive that I take out of Saturday is that Roney had a and had a great game. Like he was thirty seven of forty. I mean but those are some pretty that, good numbers. There's, there's really been nothing. Yeah, I mean we got outshot forty to twelve on Saturday. Yeah, you're not gonna be able to forty to twelve. You might score like squeak one in there, but if you don't constantly have a that's one thing I think for next year that uh we really gotta work on is like just constantly getting shots on the net because sooner or later yeah. oh I lied that was a Friday game I lied it was no, a Friday game no worries but still no I worries. mean Saturday was pretty similar I mean it was 46 to 21 in shots um, Logan Stein got the start in that game he was allowed five goals but he, 46 shots we yeah like our defense needs to improve I that's think the, that's, that's a, a crappy that. part too is because like Roney and Logan and is Carter McPhail still on the team or did he graduate? McPhail's still on the team. He hasn't gotten um, action yet. Oh, that's It'll be interesting tough. to see if he gets yeah, action by the he, end of the year. He, does. he probably will because, I mean, we play Minnesota State and Lake State still. Yeah, so. and we don't do a lot of in-game goalie switching. I like yeah. really, You don't see that as much in college hockey as you do in the NHL. But, I mean, you have to also think the NHL, they have world-class goaltenders. Yeah, they have guys who one are like... Th- one, two, three on the bottom. Who the are the best chart. in their conferences yes. and who are the best in the nation. And then they yes. get two of them on, so you kind of have to flip-flop a little bit. Exactly. But, but I mean, it's it's really, it's really interesting that we haven't gave McPhail action considering the circumstances. Yeah. Maybe and considering he was later. pretty solid last year. Yeah. But nonetheless, like, to go back to my point, like, if we don't have at least 30 shots, we're not going to win a hockey game. Mm-hmm. Because you can't Unless you have just a constant barrage just to kind of wear down the goalie and to get him tired and to have him keep on, you know, getting down in the butterfly, then getting back up and having to keep on moving and then get out of breath and then having to, like, really stay focused 100% of the time, you can't win a hockey game. And that's you can't really win a game at all. If, like, you're talking about basketball, if you're talking about soccer, like, if you can't, like, wear the other team down just by constantly having the offensive pressure, then there's no chance. And then... To top it off, we don't really have a defensive like reliability too much this year. So like, yeah, I think it's just consistency wise, there really isn't much there, and that's just a tough thing to go into. Problem. But hey, we're good. We our power play defense is not terrible. Like we've we were we shut out. I believe we shut out Tech. Yeah, over the weekend we were they were I believe zero for five. But why do they? Yeah. S- but it's so weird. Like they don't score. With an they don't man score, advantage, but they don't they, score when they should, but then they score when they shouldn't. You know what I mean? It's weird. It's weird, huh? I mean, I'm very straight. We I play. I don't know. We play. We play like something else. But we got Minnesota State this Friday and Saturday. Uh, no, as we have said in last, go. as we said in last episode, of Minnesota State was the last episode. Of the episode before, regardless, Minnesota State is like top five in the nation right now. I think they're number three as number of three now. or two or one of the. How flip flop doesn't even matter. They're a good hockey team. They're better than Michigan, Minnesota, they're and better Wisconsin than almost, that we pointed no, they're out. Better than last every, they're better than all every Big Ten teams. Big Ten team except Minnesota. I thought they were ahead of Minnesota. Any either way, just the fact that we're mentioning Big Ten with Minnesota State, that's a pretty good indicator how good they are. So I mean, it's just rough. But also, shout out to Logan Stein. I don't know if you saw on the highlights, Joe, on Fair State's hockey Twitter or his athletics Twitter, the ridiculous 
absolutely insane save that he had. There was a shot that went off near left net. He made the save. and It's the, on their what? Twitter? The, yep. The puck came this. off. Rebound opportunity for the Huskies. An open net on the on the hit the goaltender's left side scores right side of the net, and he was on his back. Logan Stein was on his back, and reached up the glove and snagged a wide open shot and saved a goal. Harrison Watt quoted I'm on his Twitter, not exact words, one of the most ridiculous saves I have ever seen. It was absolutely was it on, wait, the athletics or the hockey. Uh, I can't remember which one it is, but it was it was just absolutely insane. Um, I'm sure you can find it on any of the first state hockey related Twitters right now because it blew up over the weekend. I saw that, but it was it was an absolute ridiculous save on his back, reaching the glove up, snatching an is. open shot. You're watching it right now. What a save! Insane. I was not expecting that. How in the world do you make that glove save on your back? That's nuts. Shout, sh- shout out to... He covered a lot. I mean, he covered a lot of the goal. Cause that whole right side was way open. Wide and open. He, and he snatched it in the glove. What a save. Nice job, Logan. That was a great save. No, I wish we would have had... We wish we, wish we wouldn't have had to put you in that many spots all yeah, night. Yeah, that's a crazy like. But anyway, uh, we're now moving on into some more college sports. Talking more of the upper level. Talking basketball, Joe. Our Wolverines were in action. Finally. And we got the job done. Yes, we did. Boy, oh boy, was that a beautiful sight to see. It was an absolute fantastic... I was Wait. nervous going to this game. Yeah. I won't say it was a fantastic game because we didn't play well in the first half. It was fantastic half. that we're back. It was fantastic it was the way scary. we responded. We responded extremely well. We were down at halftime. I believe it was 10, 12. 20, we scored 27. They scored 39. Yep. And then we came back. Outscored it by 20 in the second half. Doubled theirs. Double their score. 20. 40 to 20. Comeback win by 8. 67-59. Final at... The Cole Center. Oh, baby. That is how you pull a comeback. This team. Michigan is the real deal. They are showing that they sure are, Joe. And it is really exciting to see this team come together and play, not only, not necessarily play the best basketball after this almost three week hiatus, but the way they came back and responded. They got punched in the mouth early and they punched back. Not once. But it seemed like three, four times. And it was just, I mean, I, one of the plays that I can describe that really described how Michigan played I, was Mike Smith had a, he had a defensive play against Brett Davison, put up the layup. He gets elbowed in the face. Layup's no good or whatever. Or whatever and they go to the monitor because, like, Mike was down. He literally would not get up. They stopped play. Like, he, he looked like he almost had a broken nose at one point. And they stopped playing. They looked at it. Uh, there was no foul called. It, it, and there shouldn't have been a foul called because it was a it was just a clean play that went wrong. Like it was just one of those one of those tough basketball plays that was in the. Yeah, it wasn't on purpose. It was at not intentional. It, yeah. it was just unintentional kind of elbows flying. And yes, stuff. and then they go to the monitor and Dwan Howard, I think, was furious, or one of the coaches was furious that we got a technical foul for it. They end up making one or two free throws or whatever. It was just kind of like, what in the world? Or what? Why? What just happened? Juwan calls Mike's number on the very next play. Goes down. I think it was Trice bodies him all the way to the paint. Gets an and one. That 
was the response of the Wolverines that we saw on that game yesterday, and it was just fantastic to see that resilience. I mean, they were great. Livers led the way. He had 20 points, 4 of 7 for 3, 8 of 16 shooting overall, 7 boards. Hunter Dickinson had a pretty good night. Uh, he's His offensive consistency is questioning, and I know um, my dad made this point a lot, is like there's times where he doesn't play as big as he is, and I can I can see where he's where he's saying that because there's a lot of times where um, Dickinson's settling for a little bit of a he's he, like you normally typically see a big where somebody that's physical back in to get the closest and cleanest look possible. Uh, there's times where he takes more of the 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 look as it is doesn't like if he's open he's gonna take it he's not necessarily gonna be. Oh, I'm open right now. Why mm-hmm. even risk? But there's some times where you do have to get close to the basket because there were some times he missed some open looks. But, I mean, he had 11 points. He had 15 boards. I mean, what else can you ask from a 7-footer? Five blocks. He's he's great. Just need that consistency to be on key, and then we'll be in good shape. But Brooks had nine. Uh, Mike Smith, six points, six assists. Uh, Brandon Johns had some minutes as well as Austin Davis, Shawnee Brown. Shawnee Brown, congrats, 1,000 points in your college career. Congrats. He, I believe he got the game ball. Uh, one point, and he got the game ball, but it's the one point. That it's was one the point one that, that he needed. That was one, one point, point that he needed. needed. He got the job but done. His, his defense, though, absolutely incredible. And I love seeing those guys that are gritty going after it on defense, seeing those true lockdown yeah. 3 and D guys. You don't really see that too much anymore. Yeah, like guys who are like really defensive specialists. Yeah. Because like in the NBA and kind of in college basketball too, like you more see like like a, like all right defense, but it's more just like how well can you like can the offense like have handles and like how well can they move around? Because you don't really it's see a lot more offensive minded. Yeah. I would agree with that. And then now that you actually see guys who can really put the clamps on people and just shut down whoever they're guarding that's something really good to see yeah uh wisconsin didn't necessarily they didn't respond well in the second half i think that's the reason they lost that game because they're a better team and they they did they shot really well in the first half second half must have just been that end of the rim i guess but they couldn't hit the second half so maybe have to fix that rim maybe it's a little tilted i don't know but um because we had the same (laughs) struggles games yeah it still had the first we still had struggles on that rim in the first half but uh aleem ford was really good for them he was really Really a guy I did not expect having the game he did. He had 15 points. He was 3 of 5 from 3. I think he was 3 of 3, 5 of 5 overall for the most of the first half. Uh, Demetri Trice had 16 as expected. He's their go-to guy. Brett Davison, uh, Nate Reavers, those guys really had struggling games. They combined for 6 points on one or 2 of 13 shooting. Not going to cut it. Not going to cut it for the Badgers. But um, one guy that really surprised me for the Badgers, though, Jonathan Davis really played he played pretty well in the second half. He was kind of a guy that in tough spots, like he was keeping them in the ball game. Like he was scoring, trying to keep the Badgers within a little bit close range of us. But I mean, he had 11 points off the bench in 23 minutes. Micah Potter also had nine. Uh, he played pretty decent. Um, and then Anderson got some minutes as well. But I mean, it was just really a show of the resilience and how teams would respond, and we certainly saw that from the Wolverines mm-hmm. and not as much from the Badgers, especially in the second half. Because, I mean, you look – I mean, we shot the three ball a little bit better, shot shot free throws a little bit. We made a couple more free throws, I should say, and we shot a little bit better from, from the field. But really, like, when you look at the box sheet, it will not tell you, like, oh, this was a pretty knotted game. Like, there's no direct indicator – how Wisconsin lost the game. You could probably throw in 
fouls. They they had a lot of fouls, and but really like uh, their Michigan resilience was what won out in the end. Yeah, definitely. They it's really good to see that they were come off that hiatus, come out hard, had a little bit of struggle in the first half, picked it up. Juwan Howard, he's been able to do really good as coaching this team, kind of getting them back into the game, keeping their heads straight, and that's something really good to see. But another game that happened yesterday, uh, Drake ended up upsetting Loyola Upset. Chicago. Well, kind of. Well, kind. Drake is Drake was ranked, I think, weren't they like last week or something? Like they kind of been on like the yeah. outside looking into that top twenty-five. Yeah, they're in twenty. They're twenty and two, but they're playing in the uh, the MVC, so it's not necessarily about record in that yeah. point. But, I mean, they came back and won because I think it was earlier in the week they lost to Loyola, I think, by like twenty point, like 25 points or something, like 81 yep. to 54. So, Eesh. able to come back and be able to play that well against a really solid team in Loyola, that's what you like to see. I also, fun fact about Loyola, Loyola, sorry, I can't Loyola, talk for some reason. the Ramblers. They're, uh, are they the Ramblers or are they the Huskies? They're UMBC, the Ramblers. UMBC is the Ramblers. I thought their mascot was a Rambler. Are they? Uh, they are. Yeah. Who would have thought? The Ramblers. Never mind. I stand corrected. But they're a uh, um an announcer or like play by play guy mm-hmm. who like does a radio. I follow him on TikTok. He's got a pretty he has like eighty thousand really? yeah, he's got like eighty thousand followers. Whoa, he's a popular guy. Yeah, he has cool stuff. I have to look up look him up. But yeah. Sam, Sam I think his name is like Sam Levitt or something like that. Sam Levitt? Yeah, pretty cool. Anyway, not much not much really to announce in that game. It was pretty Defensive yeah. slugfest. I don't know. That's, a, that's the only. Th- that's the only reason I really chose it because I follow their yeah. uh, play by play guy. Fifty to TikTok. fifty-one in overtime. That's not a great. That's offensive a net, That's game. a defensive showdown right there, or just a terrible offensive show. But um, a couple other games: Villanova's Creighton ranked showdown. Creighton, Creighton. ends up by sixteen. Creighton. Gets a dub there. Who would have thought? The Jays, bro. They Villanova show up. Kind of. Sh- they play up and they play well. down. In this day, they played up. Yeah, and Villanova. They're. I don't know if that's a great one for them. I mean, they're probably already state. What conference is Villanova in? They're in Big East. Big East. I mean, they're still number one in that conference, aren't they? Yeah. But so it really won't change much. But, but Creighton is not. Wait. Does that change the? No. There, it's it's close because Creighton has more conference wins because Villanova had that COVID hiatus. But yeah, over, I think by winning percentage, Creighton is still with is like. Just barely in second, but Seton Hall is also creeping up there too. They're nine and five. Yeah, but I yeah. always forget about Seton Hall for some Seton reason. Seton Hall, sneaky. But they're always like solid. Teams. Those Big East, those like little Big East teams, they can be sneaky. They can play some good games. Yeah. Big, Big East always has been a good conference. Mm-hmm. But Virginia beating North Carolina, Tar Heel struggles continue again, scoring eighteen points in the first half. They scored what 40, a game. 48 at the what end. A showing by them. Yeah, Virginia. They have a fantastic defensive philosophy, and that's what's really been a key for them yeah. in the past. But, I mean, North Carolina's just... What's this going to do for, like, the years coming? Especially for, like, Duke, too, and, like, uh, Kentucky. Like, is that going to, like, change if recruits are, like, doubting if they want to come there now? Or what's that going to do for them? Who that's knows? That's a good question, my friend. <laughs> it's a good question. <laughs> I know. That's what I was thinking. Because, I mean, it's, like, a really weird year for, like, all these teams. And then now you toss in that... Duke has his first losing season. UNC yep. has don't they have a losing season? Don't they? They're not play, no twelve and seven, but like still that's pretty offbeat for them. They usually don't see more than five losses in a year. It's just a honestly yeah. really 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 weird. But Oklahoma versus West Virginia. Oklahoma wins in a nail biter on Saturday, ninety one to ninety. That was you hate, to, you hate to be the Mountaineers because you could have had the game if you did. 
especially those close games, like when you lose by one point, it's always just like, dang, if I only just did this different, we would have been we that been one in the mistake. Or like if I if I made a free throw, then it would have been a difference. But brutal. Yeah, you can't kick yourself too much. It was just a very solid game, very evenly matched based throughout yeah. like the whole time. Two very good basketball teams. Yes, Two very and, good. You know, I've anywhere between like ten and twenty. I feel like are just. The, those teams are all basically so equal caliber and whenever they play each other that's when I like to watch college basketball is because like it's two teams who it's basically a chess match like they're just playing off each other seeing what happens it's like start of the game they play off each other see what happens middle game is kind of like where you make the most moves and then end game is really where it shows which team's better because that's when the defense prevails that's when the mindset is kind of are we going to be able to win? Are you going to have a winning mindset or are you going to have a losing mindset? And that's what I that's what I really love about watching like these middle of the pack teams. Yeah, they definitely they have something to prove all the time and they 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 want to put themselves in the top tier, but how they're ranked on the top tier just gives them more motivation, but I mean it was that was a fantastic game. I I caught a little bit of the highlights of that game and I know Austin Reeves was the guy that sealed the deal for the Sooners late in double overtime, and it was a really, really cool game to see. But um, one more notable game, um, Iowa dismantled the Spartans. Dismantled. It you was, love to see it, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not, I don't hate the Spartans, but, like, when they play Michigan, it's all bets are off. It's yeah. Wolverines or nothing. But I don't know, like, Michigan State – is really one of the most like I'll make the argument that they are the most overrated team in basketball right now. Like the fact is, they have been playing so under under their potential. They've played so under their potential. It's just crazy. This team, on paper, should be with a lot of these good Big Ten teams, and they're ten and eight, four and eight in the Big Ten. Four and eight. Wow. On a Tom Izzo team. Is this... Is this here in Michigan State? Like... What's going on? Like, this is crazy. And I don't... I know a lot of fans, like... Like, I've had... They have their reasoning why um, A, B, and C is the reason that they're, they're playing so poorly and whatever. But, like, why is it that we have these such weird... Like, there's players out there that are just why what are why are they in the positions that they are is really the question that like comes to mind because i know like uh marcus bingham is one of their their better players um i think it's jalen marble is that correct jalen marble julius marble yeah. apologize julius marble uh is one of their better players and i saw a stat and i can't remember if it was bingham for, or marble it was one of those two guys but when they're on the floor they're the off the the efficiency for the spartans goes way up and they combined for 20 minutes. Combined 20 yeah. minutes. Where you got, like, Josh Langford should be carrying the workload 28, 28 minutes. He should be because he's their best player. Then you got other guys. Rocket Watts only played 10 minutes in this game. I don't know if he got injured, but if he didn't get injured, what in the world is going on with the Spartans' rotational issues? I feel like they just can't fill in the, fill in the absence of... Xavier Tillman and Cassius Winston. Two big shoes to fill? Yeah, because, I like, I mean, people thought Rocket Watts was going to be the next Cassius Winston, and then now we see he's him this year. He's a different player than Cassius. Yeah, that's the thing. And also, I feel like... He's a scorer. Just with, he's not a facilitator. Yeah, and now that he doesn't have him there, I feel like they don't really... He, 
they don't have somebody to fill in that uh, that gap of being kind of the facilitator. And so now you have to toss in Rocket Watts, who I don't think is a, a leader of the team yet or doesn't have the skill set yet to be a leader of the team. And then you don't have that strong center uh, center individual who's going to be able to like really like take control of the, of the paint and be able to kind of dictate what goes down there. And then you basically toss in you know players who weren't really weren't really the ones to get the nod for like when the when it really came down to win the game that was more those two guys who left Xavier Tillman and Cash Winston now I don't know because the weird thing is when they start off the year when we were talking they started off 6 and 0 I mean they beat Duke they beat Notre Dame Western Michigan isn't like a terrible like isn't a terrible team like they played solid and like they seemed like they were going to be able to win because they were scoring like 80 90 points a game and then now it's just like once they hit conference play that's when it all just, all the wheels fell off. What's wrong with the Spartans? Only speculation can know. Yeah. It's just been a rough season for them, and it sh- they they should be in the top 25 with the talent they have on the floor. Why they, like, there's, I don't know. Like, I'm not a huge Foster Lawyer fan. Like, I, I just, I it's nothing against him, but it's just, like, the way he plays to me is a, is much differently than, like, you, I would normally, you'd normally see with, like, he he's trying to fill a Cassius player's shoes, but he isn't a dynamic scorer as no. Cassius was. But I mean, he could be, but he isn't right now. But it's just a really tough situation for the Spartans. And you got Iowa shooting the absolute lights out from three with McCaffrey and Wieskamp. They went nine for fifty or nine of thirteen from three combined. That's bonkers. Like they just played, and like Garza only had to score eight points in this game. And they won by 30. That just shows you how great Iowa played. They dominated across the board, dominated the stat sheet. And, I mean, it's funny because Michigan State was leading this game early on. But, I mean, their biggest lead was four. And Iowa ended up leading by 34 in this game before eventually winning by 30. But tough tough for the Spartans. Yeah. I, 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 I want to console for you, but I don't know what's, I, I, I don't I, know what's wrong. I don't to know me, what the it's fix the is stuff. Yeah, that's the thing. They have. It seems like they have so many problems to fix that like, they have to go one by one, but it's so late in the season that I don't think they recognize it fast mm. enough. But they'll play, they'll play upset against somebody. It's a matter of time. They'll, yeah. they'll get it together for one game. Like, yeah. they're, they're, they'll it'll get happen. it together for the, for, the, for the conference tournament, and then if they make... Does Mar- Michigan State figure it out, make a run, win who the knows? Big Ten if tournament? They, if, they make, if they make it to March, then they might be able to have a difference, uh, difference in their season. But um, kind of switch gears a little bit now, Brandon. MLB has figured out a start date for their 2021 season. Players are reporting to training camp. Players are finalizing deals, getting in with their teams. But the biggest news, I feel like, for any baseball fans is the news that MLB is deciding to deaden the baseball after the weird fluctuation in the past two to three years of how many home runs are hit. I've talked to a lot of people who think this is a good idea, who think this is a bad idea. Personally, I don't like the idea because baseball, in my opinion, is starting to die out. I feel like there's not enough people who are getting attracted to the or new fans who are getting attracted to the game. But, Brandon, I haven't really heard what you have to say about it. What are your thoughts? What I have to say about it. Uh, this is something I understand. Like, okay, so being like, I know we've, we've both played baseball and we both have experience with how... Um, like the game can be really like a home run is the biggest momentum booster you can have on the baseball field. It really is like Mm -hmm. a diving catch and like a one, two, three inning. The home run affects the score. The home run is what brings everything 
together for a team. So I can I can understand why, like, and especially the fans. That's what like those are the things you're that the, the wow factor. That's the things that bring you to baseball. And like there, the fact that they were having um, like these these quote unquote juiced balls or whatever that that they named them, but. Uh, I, apparently they 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 did like a study on the lab and like there was apparently like the ball was flying one or two feet farther um, for on on home runs measured like the the mm-hmm. ball was apparently I don't know I don't know exactly what that was but I mean here's the thing there was a record number of home runs in the 2019 season and there probably would have if we would have had a full 2020 season so the fact is. Here's the, this is the funny part. 6.6% of plate appearances resulted in a home run in 2019. Like, that's significantly better than it was back in 18 and previously. So the fact they did they juice the balls, I don't know the answer to that. I'm personally on the... I Just to play a contrarian, I can understand why they're doing this. I, I'm kind of on the fence because I, under, I understand why they're doing it. It's going to take away the wow factor, I know, but it brings the it kind of brings baseball back a little bit to um, the kind of more to the game it was before where like it's not necessarily like a whole it's you're not trying to have a home run derby you would have you'd have a home run a competitive home run derby if you wanted just to see all home runs that's that's what it would be and so the fact that we have pitching throwing fielding all those other things added to it like it's if you got to be able to you got to be able to keep the ball in the ballpark sometimes to let these teams really play because you don't want to just see a slugfest that's what all-star weekend and home run derby is for yeah, it's, I, yeah, it's fun, but I mean, go. I, I personally, I, I like it. I like it the way that they deaden it a little bit. I think that's a problem, though, is because you rarely see. I I find it tough. Cause I really don't have a lot of. I don't know a lot of people that are actual like baseball fans now that'll follow it like throughout the year. Of course, like people will tune in for the World Series and stuff, but like. I think that's the problem is because now with home runs, it's the most exciting thing in baseball. People don't like how baseball games are. They're already trying to figure out how to make baseball games shorter because people don't want to sit through three-hour, four-hour games that go on. And, I mean, now you're going to deaden the baseballs. It's going to add just another point where it's going to make people less interested in the game. I will say this. There was wave a lot of home runs. I feel like it was it says 6766 home runs in the 2019 season. Mm-hmm. 671 over the previous mark for most home runs hit in the season. So yes. they blew the record out of the water, but it also comes down to the fact is if you're trying to grow the game, I feel like to attract new people who don't really know much about the sport, you need to kind of give them the wow factor of what can happen and then show them what happens after, like with kind of the nitty-gritty of like what actually makes baseball baseball, and that's kind of the fielding aspect, kind of the big plays and stuff. And not to mention, even if you do juice the baseball, it doesn't mean that every home run, every hit's going to be a home run. I mean, you'll have bigger hits like doubles, triples that change the momentum a little bit. And I feel like it's just old man baseball that is like kind of – it's annoying because so many people – not you, Brandon, but so many people try to gatekeep <laughs> baseball, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. Like, they're like, let's not make, like, let's not do this choice because, like, people who are, like, don't know anything are going to, like, start having opinions on it. It's like, that's, like, the thing that you need to have. Because I, I can name on maybe, like, my hand, my one hand, how many, like, kids I know that are interested in baseball. Like, even when I was in high school, my freshman year, but there was... We had to cut people off the JV team because we had so many people trying out. And then now, my senior year, we, like, barely had enough guys to, like, 
we think we had like maybe two guys on the bench for my varsity team because we could barely field enough guys. And I think that's one problem is now so many people aren't getting in the game of baseball because it's a boring sp- – I'm going to be frank. It's a boring sport for those people who don't understand everything that goes into it and all the work that you have to put in to get good at it. And when people are just watching it, it's like, oh, like there's 20 seconds in between each pitch and then – Sometimes you'll see a home run. So I, that's one thing that I don't really like about them deadening the baseball is because for those people who are thinking about getting into baseball or they want to grow the game, this isn't the right move. Yeah, I, I 100% that's, that's, that's really, that is really a good point. And that's, that's something that I think MLB's trying to do is like you want to bring people to the sport because mm-hmm. baseball is not, it's not football, it's not basketball, it's not, it's not, it's, it's ex- not constant action the whole time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a much more relaxing, chill cool it's, kind of sport and it's america's pastime like going out to the ballpark it's an experience and i'm all for like seeing uh, I, I love seeing like those wow factors big home runs diving catches i think the thing to me is i don't want that to be caused by the baseball i don't i don't want to see all these plays and then you have the the the, the point on well this person did not hit a 480 yeah. foot home You'd rather run have it off be, of pure strength. It was off of a yeah. doc, or a, a quote unquote doctored baseball, a juiced baseball. Yeah. I would rather it be because of the player rather than the equipment. Exactly. I can, yeah, I understand that. That's exactly my point, and I think that's something. I think both of our points are very valid. I think that this is we're not. It's we're not. It's not like the home runs going away forever. I mean, that's not yeah, what's happening. Have, I mean, even with training now too. I mean, you see guys who have just like insane exit velocities. I yeah. think the average now is like over a hundred. Not the average, but like you see a lot more over a hundred mile an hour exit velocity. I think what was it, Giancarlo Stan? His record is like a hundred fifteen or something like that yeah i think he hit a ball like a hundred and i think it was almost like 118 it was on a dead rope and the ball was traveling so fast the ball got out of the yard but only went like 20 feet in the air like it was it was just on a rocket but yeah i think to me i don't want i don't want to take away from people's personal gain of strength and then it be put on put on the baseball and that's something that i think could be done because i mean you can have a guy um, one of my favorite players, Jose Iglesias. No offense to him, he doesn't have much power. He, no, he really he hits is not a maybe one or two home runs a year. If he hits, like, yeah, he's got that number where it's like, yeah, he'll he'll poke a couple out, he'll get two or three. But when he like next like last year, if he got like seven in a full season, be like, okay, like, what's up? Like he you is juicing? He, like I, no, <laughs> you 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 could say that, but. Is the ball being juiced was the real, and I think a lot of people were like, "Whoa, there's so many balls going out of the yard. Like, there's something going on." But I, it, it's real interesting. But yeah, I just want to see excitement being made from the players. I don't want to see like them switch to metal bats or juice yeah. the ball. I want to see it from the players because they deserve the true respect of bringing that excitement to the game. Yeah, I can understand that because like baseball, other. Because, like, football and basketball, it's prolonged or prolonged like series of activity followed by short spurts of inactivity. When baseball is prolonged series of inactivity followed by short spurts of activity. And, like, that's the one thing that, like, makes it, I think, not as enjoyable to watch to people who aren't, like, grown up in the game or, like, just don't really find the need to, like, actually be a fan of it because... I'll be honest. If I, if I wasn't, like... If I didn't play baseball, like, when I was a kid... I probably would not be a baseball fan because 
just sitting there at the ballpark or just sitting there on your couch and just watching like pitchers like throw pitches and then sometimes they throw four balls in a row. I can find why that's somewhat annoying and like I can see like what you're saying though, Brandon, is because you'd rather have it because of the players mm-hmm. and actually have that be the reason to grow the game. But also, it's like, what steps are you going to take to grow the game so that way it doesn't die out and mm-hmm. people can like understand how how fun the game of baseball is, but how technical you have to be and how really athletic these players are to be able to make these decisions and to have the success that they do uh, in those like basically like hitting a baseball really well or like being able to feel the ball like. N- a thousand a hundred percent of the time which is not easy to do yeah i think it's something that we're gonna see a lot of development in and i think we're gonna see a lot of people that are gonna start having opinions on it It, it's gonna be interesting i think it's gonna be a really interesting thing to see Mm -hmm. but um to wrap up the show um bring back brandon's debate of the day maybe we'll find a a different what's what if we called it the the mv3 MV3? The most valuable three of whatever debate topic <laughs> we're talking about. We'll change the name right now. Staple it. We're going to make it. The, the MV3. All right. I like the name. I like it. Let's keep it going. So today we'll talk top three starting pitchers going into the 2021 season in Major right. League Baseball. This is interesting. I think there's a lot of good ones on there. Um, yeah, I think. It's interesting. Well, also, I, know, I know my three. You know your three? All right. What's your number three? I'd say... Or you could name I, all I, I'll three. I'll say uh, all three, not in a particular order. Garrett Cole, Clayton Kershaw, Trevor Bauer. Okay. So you would say you'd put Cole, or you said no order, okay. No order, but I'll, I'll, I'll rank them. I'll probably go Cole is number one, Kershaw is number two, Bauer is number three. Okay, that's fair. I would probably... Um, this I'll I'll play a little I'll play a little contrarian contrarian I think Bauer's good I think he's probably third on my list which is kind of which is kind of crazy but um, uh-huh. I would put um, it's for going into the 2021 season it's tough to put a lot of like we're not projecting the top three like no. we're saying the top three pitchers in baseball because i think Degrom still belongs on that list because i mean he's had one of the best eras ever he's been dominant he's been one of the best guys in the game as far as strikeouts and era and he's been fantastic especially for a team that's really been kind of average so i would probably put him on there um i'd put Garrett cole on there as well i think that'd be the only changes i put Degrom on there and instead of kershaw and that's no disrespect to kershaw he's probably fourth or fifth on my list so i'll i'll put him in order as i'm gonna put i'm gonna put garrett cole at one jacob Degrom at two and then i'm gonna put trevor bauer at three and then probably kershaw and then Shane Bieber should definitely be in the top five because oh, yeah. he's been fantastic. And I think if he has a if he has another season like he did this year, and it's not just enough, just not just a fluke, then he'd definitely probably make it into my top three by next year. Oh yeah, I I agree with that. I mean, I the one thing about Kershaw that I do like is his regular season performances are just unreal. Like he whenever he comes out, he usually just sets records almost every. I mean, his postseason, if you really kind of base it off of that and with his like his postseason career, not great. I will mm-hmm. say that. Like, there's times where, I mean, when they played the Astros, he kind of not lost the not lost the series, but there was a lot of key moments where he was messing up. His curveball was not working in the postseason. Um, I, but I mean, they got the job done last year, so I mean, there is that. But Garrett Cole, I obviously he's number one because I mean he is. 
I feel like the most utilized pitcher, and he has like the greatest skill, widest, widest range of skills as a pitcher because he can just do so many different things with it. He has a great curveball. His fastball tops out really high. He has a pretty good changeup. His repertoire is very, very large. And now that he plays on the Yankees, his childhood favorite team, that's just going to add up to his being able to kind of like take some stress off just because he's really living the dream at that point. And then Trevor Bauer, I mean, he, what what's his contract now? Because he signed with LA, didn't he? Mm-hmm. What's was, his contract now? Like $100 million or something? Yeah, it was, it was up there. And he actually turned down more money by what I've heard it, to sign with LA because, I mean, why wouldn't you sign at, with LA at this point? I mean, like, LA is insane. Uh, it's just insane. But I think the one thing that makes me, uh, it was 102 million. I just looked up 102 million. Um, I think it's on a, is it two year or three year? I think it's a uh, three year, three year deal. Um, if you got a two year deal, that's that's borderline Mahomes. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Can hey, we? What? What were you saying? I'm just going to do a side note. Can we just say how insane it is, how much money baseball players make? It is crazy. It's a hard how, like, game. That's, how, like, that's, like, because, like, even just, like, like, basic, not basic players, but, like, not, like, the high-name players, like, they still make a lot of money. You know they're, what I'm saying? They're getting some Because, like, the big names in, like, NBA, like, Giannis, he makes, what, like, 14 mil a year? Uh, right now, yeah. I think, wait, did he sign the Supermax? I don't know, but, season? like, with football and with... Like you see, like guys signing like to like two year like ten million dollar deals or like two year like five million dollar deals. So like they're not really. He's got compared. A 20, to, Giannis has a twenty five million dollar annual deal. For how long? Uh, let me see. He signed a four year one hundred or one hundred million dollar contract in eighteen to go to a twenty five million on average. His base salary is twenty seven five with the the dead cap hit and the the signing yeah. the signing bonus. But comparatively, like you see guys in the MLB like above average players who aren't like superstars, but like have made all stars every once in a while. They get like two hundred million dollar contracts, mm-hmm. like one hundred fifty million dollar contracts, rather than like what you see like Steph get. What because I mean like Steph and LeBron like they make a lot of money, but like comparatively to like baseball, Westbrook. That's a ridiculous contract. It's but insane. even so, baseball, I feel like there's just so much money in it, which I just find crazy because, like like I said, it's, it's not as exciting of a not game. Not as exciting of a game, and, like, you don't really see as many fans, but there's just so much money in it. Yeah. I, I will, yeah. Going back to the, yeah, I think that's... But regardless, kind yeah. of off topic. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah. MV, yeah, with the MV3, I think that we both have pretty good lists. I mean, there's not a, there's no, not a whole lot of debate here to say, like, Clayton Kershaw is a better pitcher than uh, Jacob Degrom. Like there, there's definitely people that say that, and that's your opinion. Because a lot of people think that stats is more important, or actual on-field performance in particular situations is more important, or teams they're on is more important, or all these other things. And I think that's just something that it's kind of hard to debate. I mean, I could I could make an argument and slander that Kershaw's absolute garbage near or absolute near garbage until last year he did play a little bit better um in the postseason and that would be a reason i'd put him up there but i shouldn't say that because jacob de hasn't really been in the postseason in a while so I yeah not that. really but. but yeah definitely interesting uh let us know if we should keep the keep the mv3 a, a daily thing or i should say a 
episode every type of thing because i think that's kind of fun yeah i like it yeah he's fun i like it i like it bring more rankings to it we'll see yeah. if we see if we get more heated next yeah, time have some solid debates yeah we'll have to we'll have to see if we can get more heated but thank you guys for listening to us on the mvsp don't forget to subscribe follow us on whatever platform you're on and on social media too. double plug two for one two yeah. for one get the job done two birds one stone exactly but until next time see you later take care everybody